0: and now the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for it's the Trackstar sports MMA main card with your man the voice as always let's start off with some headlines and hot takes John Jones John Bones Jones the one who can only be broken by himself will have his day in court on February 27th kind of sort of he'll have his time with USADA at that specific point point. and according to an interview with Chad Dundas Jones's manager Malik Howard believes that the former light heavyweight champion has a 95% chance of fighting in 2018. 95%? That's major, especially seeing as this is Jones' second drug failure in a row. That that's uh that's pretty optimistic. But if he's right, that'll be music to the UFC's ears as it is dying to have Stars for their pay per views. Claudia Gadelia and Cookie Monster Carla Esparza are set to fight for UFC 225 in Chi Town. Someone else that's been rumored for the Chi Town pay per view is Chicago's own former WWE wrestling champion CM Punk now the name has been floated around is Mike the Truth Jackson and that would be a that'd be a decent fight for him they're about the same as far as experience is concerned the Truth's only UFC fight was against uh, CM Punk's eventual opponent Mickey Gall so it'd be fitting that they fought each other someone else though that Punk has been rumored to fight recently and it's as fanciful a rumor as LeBron going to Golden State is CM Punk and Floyd Mayweather now again with UFC 225 only being months away I doubt that it would take place there but I doubt that it would happen at all they could never meet at a mutual weight CM Punk fights at 170 pounds. Floyd could put 30 pounds worth of weights in his pockets and he still wouldn't weigh 170 pounds. Floyd does know how to keep his name in the media, though. And we in the media would feel derelict if we didn't do our due diligence and cover the hottest story out there. Even if at its best is wishful thinking. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Joe Rogan is the one that floated that idea out there. He floated something else out recently on the Joe Rogan experience. The host said that he will be willing to sit down and broker a meeting between funky Ben Askren and Dana White of the UFC. If you know anything about Ben Askren, he was a dominant, dominant, undefeated champion. Both in Bellator as well as in one fighting championship. He never got a chance to fight in the UFC. He was very close to it, but the negotiations broke down between he and Dana White, and they both had very uh, unflattering things to say about one another. Now Ashkin fights at 170, and his Mizzou teammate and friend Tyron Woodley rules that division currently. But a fight with GSP could be huge for both Ben Askren and for the UFC. Will it happen? Who knows? But if we're going to do some wishful thinking, this is the kind that I would like to do. Speaking of Woodley, I'll speak more about him in Blood, Sweat and Tears later on in the episode. In the main event of UFC 221, Yoel Romero got a third round knockout of Luke Rockhold. Now this fight was for the interim middleweight title. However, Yoel came in overweight meaning that he could not fight for the title. He could win but he could not get the title. That caused him to lose some money sponsorship wise from Reebok, instead of getting the $30,000 that a title challenger would get, he got the minimum for uh, the number of fights that he has in the UFC. That didn't stop him from what this glorified belt was supposed to represent, which was a number one contender's fight for the real crown held by Robert Whitaker. And that's definitely what he's going to get. Because he got a pass widely by the media as well as by the fan base. Because he took the fight on short notice. And he only came within about 2.7 pounds of the requirement. So, hey, salute to the soldier of God for a job well done. Now, his coach said after the fight, uh, during the time where he was taking him back to his locker room, that... He was telling the different people around that he like, hey look on Facebook I told Rocco that the check of his tongue will be paid for by his teeth and Yoel is going to knock your teeth out now I'm not sure if all of Rocco's teeth are still in his mouth but he sure lost consciousness from a devastating Uppercut delivered by Yoel Romero. The voices marquee matchup for the main card was Cyril Asker and Ty to Avassa. Ty did his thing, and then while he was still in the ring celebrating, getting ready to have his hand raised, he asked for a celebratory drink. But this was not any kind of celebratory drink. He wanted to do a shoe. What is a shoe, you ask? You may not want to know, but I'll share anyway. This was made popular by a race car driver down under. And Vasa said that, hey, this is just how we, we get down. This is really normal. What you do is you take a beer and you drink it out of someone's shoe. Hence the name shoe. Now, beer is an acquired taste but that sounds like an insult to injury to me, not a celebration. Fighting at home has been good for Jake Matthews as he picked up his third straight victory over Lee the Leech Jing Lying. That snapped Lee's four-fight win streak, but the Leech scratched and clawed his way through the unanimous decision loss. I mean, literally. He had a double eye gouge that left Matthews bleeding. The exciting contest, though, earned Fight of the Night honors. The Voices' marquee matchup for the prelims did not disappoint as Juicy A. Formiga pulled out the submission win over Ben Win Ten in the third round of their fight. The back and forth battle ended when Ben failed to tap and took a nap. For that, Formiga got a Performance of the Night bonus. Last week, I started to add a bonus fight, but I didn't want my Nigerian bias to show too much. I shouldn't have done it anyway, because the person whose star rose the most at UFC 221 was Israel Adesanya. The Nigerian-born New Zealand fighter made his UFC debut riding an undefeated 11-fight win streak. And added a KO victory to his record. Over Rob Wilkerson. And Asanya built his rep in kickboxing. How many people do you know. That are so good. That they have to fight. Just to get work. The 57 fight. vet Lost only five. Of his kickboxing matches. And nearly half of his kickboxing wins came by KO. I first became familiar with him in the Glory organization. This man looks like John Jones, strikes like Anderson Silva, and has Mike skills like Conor McGregor. At 28, he has all the makings of a long-standing star if he manages his career properly. The last style bender thanked the game Wilkerson after the fight and telling him that four other people turned it down. That's what I'm talking about. He had to fight just to get the fight. Now, even with all the bravado that Israel has, he was overcome with joy after the fight. As he was making the walk down the hall to his locker room, he couldn't help. But to cry, thinking about the promises that had been made and thinking about the changes that could take place since he has made this major leap in his career. Through the 11 fights that he'd had before that, he knew that this 12th fight was the true beginning of his MMA career. A career that can change his life and the destiny of his descendants. Bellator 194 is taking place at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut. Main event is Roy Big Country Nelson versus Matt Mitrione. This is a rematch of the Tough 16 finale where they were the main event back in 2012. Big Country stopped Meathead in the first round by TKO in that fight. Early in his career, Mitrion said now he can pass the IQ test which means don't go charging in against Roy Nelson like he did in the first matchup Big Country has a beard both literally and figuratively I mean the man can take a punch and his beard is huge he looks to use that to put an end to a three fight KO streak that Matt Mitrion has in Bellator the winner of this fight will advance in the heavyweight grand prix so the stakes are high for the combatants as they march toward their goal of wearing Bellator gold. Speaking of high stakes, the co-main event between Petriki Federe and Derek Campos is another rematch of a KO victory. Like Mitrione, Pitbull is looking to even the score, though he admits he'd rather have a fresh matchup than take on the stallion again. Pitbull believes, with a win, that he should be in line for a title fight at 155 pounds. Now, it definitely should be the case for Campos if he were to win, because he's riding a four-fight win streak in Bellator, dating back to Kimbo Slice's last fight in Houston two years ago. Heather Hardy versus Anna Houlton is the Voices' marquee matchup for Bellator 194. Hardy missed weight but thought that the commission was being nice to her by not making her strip down to get to the 126 pound limit for the fight as she was only about 2.5 pounds over the limit and figured that her bathing suit that she wore weighed that much however athletic director Mike Mazzulli said that she was so dehydrated he didn't want her to do anything But focus on getting fluids back in her body. He did not want to give her another hour to try to get down to the weight as he could have. Because he just felt as if she was way too far past that at that point. He didn't even want her stripping down to try to make the 126. He just wanted her to get fluids in her. So he called things off. Her purse will be fine 20%. But the fight will go on. Now, neither of these fighters looked the best in their last outing. Both Hoolaton and Hardy are former boxing champions, and Bellator is looking to build on some crossover appeal with these two. What makes this fight even more interesting is that they're going to do it again, brother, but in the boxing ring in the near future. Hardy has been a phenomenal phenomenal fighter in mma in the sense that she's got a ton of heart both fights she has been in it to win it she's given it her all she's left it in the cage hoolaton she's got a lot more experience as far as mma is concerned fighting both in bellator as well as in one championship over in asia so again, uh, this is really the best fight that Bellator can make for both of them. And they're hoping to build on this as they're building on their Grand Prix by having a storyline that exceeds uh, this fight card. Another fight to keep your eye out on on Bellator 194 is Liam McGeary versus Vadim Nimkov. Since losing his belt to Phil Davis. McGeary split the last two of his fights. Now, Nemkov trains alongside the last emperor, Fedor Milenko. And Nemkov brings a three-fight win streak into this matchup, looking to make his name off the former light heavyweight champion who lost in his last fight against fellow countrymen, Linton the Swarm of South. The curtain jerk for Bellator 194's main card fits Taiwan Claxton versus Jose Antonio Perez. The fighter formerly known as Speedy, Air Claxton will look to build on his flying knee victory that took place in his Bellator debut and establish himself as must watch TV. The jersey product Perez looks for his first Bellator and pro victory in this contest on Sunday the octagon touches down in Austin Texas for UFC fight night 126 so if you get bored watching the all-star game you can flip over to Fox Sports 1 and see some great fights this fight card is headlined by Donald Cerrone and Yancey Maderos Cowboys looking for his first win out of the last four fights that he's fought doing so will put him in the history books as the person with the most victories in ufc history now in an interview recently with john Morgan, cowboys said he is not concerned about setting records he wants to win because he's tired of losing yancey on the other hand this is the highest profile fight of his career fighting the biggest name that he's ever fought in Cowboy Cerrone and the Hawaiian is headlining for the first time in his career so this is setting a whole bunch of records for him and we'll see how the pressure gets to him whether that fuels him or whether that hinders him now he's coming off of a fight of the year candidate And he looks to build in the 175-pound division as he's won the last three fights that he's had. Another signature win will be fuel to the fire that is UFC Hawaii that both he and his companion, featherweight champion Max Holloway, have been pushing for. Derek Lewis will be taking on Marcin Tybura in the co-main event. Not only is Derek Lewis looking for his first victory since his coach's death, but he's also looking for his first win in nearly a year. After a loss to Mark Hunt last July, Lewis could not get out of the bed after making weight for UFC 216 where he was scheduled to fight Fabricio Verdun. And that is a common opponent that both Lewis and Tibura have as Tibura's last fight was in Australia against the aforementioned Verdun. The Voices marquee matchup for the main card has James Vick facing Francisco Trinago. Now, I was really on the fence as to what fight to pick as my marquee matchup. But listening to everyone else talking about fights all week long. All the big dogs have been talking about this fight. Because it is a consensus that the executioner is a dangerous fight. That nobody wants a piece of in the lightweight division. Kind of reminds me of Israel Adesanya who said he had to go through four people just to get a fight. Uh, James Vick says everybody is turning him down with a name. And a strong performance in his home state, coupled with what would be a four-fight win streak, should make him a shoe-in for a fight amongst the top in the lightweight division. Now, prior to his loss against Kevin Lee last March, Trinaldo was quietly riding an impressive streak of his own with seven victories, including a win over the headliner Yancey Madero's. Since then, he rebounded with a unanimous decision versus Jim Miller. So this should be a really good matchup. The names may not be there, but their records show that they bring it when they come to fight and they're winners. But there can only be one. Tiago Alves welcomes courteous Curtis Millinder to the UFC. Millinder, the LFA and Bellator vet, will tangle with the former title challenger in Alves. Now, Alves's career has been marked by inactivity as of late. Tiago looks to get his second consecutive victory since 2015 in this fight. If Miller has his way, his octagon debut will be successful and he will put to rest any opportunity that Tiago would have to build on his last victory. Super Sage Northcut is going to be taking on T-Boat When he's not ripping apples in half for supermodels, Super Sage trains at Team Alpha Male. And he seems to have finally found a home since starting his UFC career there in Sacktown town with Faber and the crew. The Looking For a Fight alum is getting a slower build than he got before because he was thrust into the limelight once he got signed with the UFC. Goldie's in a must-win situation, at least in my book, as he lost his first three appearances in the UFC. He did win his last one, but one in four is not a good look. And the Jackson Wink product has most of his wins by submission. Now, that may be one of Sage's worst parts of his game. So, we will see if the ground prowess of Team Alpha Male that they are known for, if any of that is rubbed off on Northcutt, as he should be tested there by the Frenchman. The Voices Marking matchup for the prelims is a battle of the Sanchezes as Joby Sanchez tangles with Roberto Sanchez. After two bouts on the first season of Dana White's contender series, Joby won his way back to the UFC. Roberto is an LFA vet out of Houston and he lost his first career fight in his UFC debut in April of last year, let's see if the long layoff has helped Roberto or if he's delayed the inevitable by biting off more than he can chew at the highest levels of competition. In this edition of Blood, Sweat, and Tears, where we look beyond the athlete and peer into the humanity of the fighter will be spotlighting Tyron the Chosen One Woodley Woodley's most notable fight has not been under the bright lights in the UFC's octagon for his welterweight championship instead it's been against the UFC's president Dana White this fight is all about respect Tyron simply wants to be respected as a man and as a champion respect is not given but is earned and as a dominant champ that's fought the number one contenders he feels as if he should have that he had a fight of the year against wonder boy in the ufc's maiden voice to madison square garden he's got the fastest knockout in welterweight title history and has been one of the most active champions in the company and has had a host of other accomplishments in his last side of defense, he won the fight with one arm as he ripped a muscle in his shoulder. Not only did he win it with one arm, he stopped a slew of takedown attempts by Damian Meyer, something that had not been done by Meyer's previous three opponents. Woodley mentioned on the MMA Hour this week how when Paige Van Zandt fought, with a broken arm in his hometown of St. Louis that she was hailed as a warrior and rightfully so. However when he fights through adversity he's painted as being a boring fighter. In light of this I think he's got a point. The issue is that he's trying to get respect from someone who only shows respect to a very select few. Though T. Wood was in attendance at White's son's birthday party with Kendrick Lamar, T. Wood also sat with Dana White at the Super Bowl. Their relationship is constantly on a roller coaster. The last kingpin of the welterweight division was George St. Pierre. And he has been in a battle with White since taking a hiatus after his ninth consecutive title defense. It took nearly four years to even get GSP back in the cage. And White still disrespected him through his historic run to capture the middleweight title. Now I understand why Woodley is fighting. He's a fighter. It's in his nature. And as an African-American man growing up in poverty with 10 plus siblings, you got to scrap. You got a scrap to stand out. You got a scrap to make it out. And that's what he's done. And he's trying to continue to ride the wave of success that he's built. A wave that has seen him buy a car for multiple people in his family over the past year. As well as a home for his mother this past Christmas. This man wants to be a role model. And he spends time at schools encouraging other youth. There are different ways to fight, and you've got to be strategic in your approach. I don't know if this is the best approach, but I salute Tyrant in his quest for respect. In today's climate, where those on the fringe are marginalized in ways that we haven't seen in 30-plus years, it's important to fight for what you believe is right. Especially as a minority. Even if he doesn't get the respect that he looks for from the UFC or from the most vocal within the MMA's fan base, I hope that his legacy provides him with a respect that no one can deny. To keep up with Trackstar Sports... Like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Join the discussion in the Debate Fuel Facebook group. New content gets released every day except for Sunday on anchor.fm forward slash Trackstars Sports. And remember, Trackstars is spelled with a Z. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple or Google Play. Also, don't forget to tune in to our flagship program, Debate Fuel, that airs live on Periscope on Saturday mornings, or you can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud. Until next time, it's your man, the voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent, bringing you the MMA main card, and I'm sounding off.